Just give us one hour, and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice, and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. As a filmmaker, positive psychology coach, author, professor, and change agent specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cybers Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. On the show, she also focuses on military families and service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and other post-deployment civilian life reintegration issues. So, let's spend some time getting to the heart of the matter on Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, where we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about that annoying yellow smiley face, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. Before we bring on our guest today, I invite you to join the conversation live by calling us at 877-864-4869. Once again, that's 877-864-4869. You can log into our chat room at toginet.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Lisa Kamen and HH Talk Radio or tweet at us with the hashtag Harvesting Happiness. Today we're talking about women and connectivity. And this, this, this show is really dedicated to International Women's Day, which took place a few days ago on March 8th. And you might ask, well, what, why uh, a show devoted solely to gender, to women only? And I've been on an interesting journey myself over the last five years that's involved uh, financial destruction, divorce, displacement from home, restarting life um, as I once knew it from ground zero once again. And one of the things that I've learned is that it is only through connectivity. It is only through the concept of being with others and sharing and communing, which may sound a little old-fashioned or woo-woo, that we can actually raise all ships. And my guests today are both doing that in very, very different ways, but yielding results that are all about this concept of connectivity, empowering others, sharing what we know, and certainly raising all ships. My first guest is Beate Chalette, or Kellett, and she's going to clarify that when she comes on. Beate is a nationally known gender decoder. I love that, gender decoder. She's a respected career coach, successful entrepreneur, 
an author. She's written Happy Women, Happy World, we like that, as well as the founder of The Women's Code. At her lowest point, Beate was $135,000 in debt, a single mother, and forced to leave her home. Many of us can relate to this. And 18 months later, she sold her company to Bill Gates for millions of dollars. Beate cracked the code and came out on top. In the Women's Code, she openly shares her secret to personal and career success as well as happiness. Good morning, Beate. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Lisa, for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Likewise. And now that I hear your beautiful accent, is it Chalet or Chalet? I was sitting here completely amazed on how well you pronounced it. There's nothing I can add. It is Beate Chalet, and you said it perfectly. Oh, perfect. Oh, thank you, thank you. Well, I want to jump in and talk a little bit about your story, because what drew me to you is some similarities that we share. <laughs> Which many yes, of us absolutely. Do. <laughs> and, and how you parlayed what was perhaps the most greatest challenge in your life to become contributing to the most greatest success. Absolutely. And really what, what I believe, and I want to say this up front, Lisa, because I know that happiness really is sort of our big theme that we have together. I do believe that when we are in really difficult circumstances or we're facing such terrible adversity that it is, you know, spirit or the universe or God or whatever it is that you believe in that really pushes you to discover your own personal greatness because Otherwise, you know, if we don't know the bad side, then how would we even know what the other side looks like? So I do believe that to be happy, some of this adversity must be overcome to really come out on the other side. I couldn't agree more. And people have often said to me through this journey of the last five years, how can you remain so happy? How can you remain so optimistic? And my response is that they're not mutually exclusive. You know, just because one is going through challenges, adversity, trauma, tragedy, all of which I deal with in the context of my own uh, work that I do with others. But it is because of these difficulties that we have to make a conscious choice to experience and actually tease out the joy that occurs alongside the adversity. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I do find that that is one of the keys to happiness is to make that choice to be happy and to almost like sit down and figure out what it is that would make us happy or what makes us happy. And even if it's a simple thing like walking, you know, walking down uh, uh, in the park or going to the beach or going somewhere else. So happiness is always is always a choice. So um, sh should we talk a little bit about my story, Lisa? Would you like me to share some of my high or low points? I would love for you to share your story. I mean, because so many of us can relate to the being in debt, being a single mom, um, being uh, forced into uh, living conditions that are not of our own design, perhaps. And in other words, you know, take us through the story of, of yeah. how you came through the storm very briefly, because then I want to move on to the gender decoding, which I love. Of course. Well, so basically, I am the woman that you heard about, you know, the woman that all this other stuff happened to. That was me. That's how I describe it. So I'm the one that had the bad employee that got a little too co close to one of my key uh, service providers. And they came up with this idea on how to 
set up their business, which was essentially my business, just without me. And then I was tied up subsequently in a huge lawsuit for an entire year fighting a huge insurance companies. And guess what? They were covered under the errors and omission clause. Mind-blowing to me. The second part of this big loss was the person that lost their business in September 11th. That was also me. At that time, I had been running a photography syndication company as well as a photographer representation firm and a production business and so it was a full service for everything photography so the representation part now was gone because of this uh this lawsuit and now i'm thinking i'm just recovering and in september 11th you know production business means that people are getting on planes and they fly to los angeles and we produce photo shoots for them and next thing i know within 48 hours i lost a half a million dollars in production volume all this while, you know, I'm a single mom. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to run my business, how to make money, how to put a roof over my daughter's head. And then I go to Germany and my father had a stroke, but it wasn't a stroke. He really had pancreatic cancer and the cancer was so bad it had metastasized in the brain and causing this, you know, stroke-like uh, symptom. And my father passed away within six weeks. And because that wasn't everything, I was at the grave, you know, and it's 10 years this month that I, uh, you know, we, so we put my father in the ground and my phone rings and it's my office in Los Angeles. The sleazy, slimy, bad landlord that you've heard about also was my landlord. And he had served a notice while I was on the funeral in another country, you know, putting me sort of on this three-day notice kind of thing. And so I came back from what I call my worst case scenario. And we're we looking at this over a series of 10 years and, you know, all these things. It was just like being hammered in the ground by one big thing after another. And then at one point you get, you know, Marion Williamson says, when we are being forced to keep going on our knees, we may as well stay there. And that's what I did. I just stayed on my knees and I said, if this is a, there's a plan in any of this. It would be really good to fill me in right now. And, and I was prepared for the worst. And then my luck literally changed on a dime. A few months later, when I had heard back from the small business administration, because I wrote a letter to the president of the United States, that's how desperate I was. And when I got a response from the White House, I, I swear it's true, I have a letter from the White House that says the president was delighted to hear from you. Here, right? <laughs> <laughs> but Someone Lisa, what it, was delighted. <laughs> I know, but what it did do, it put me in touch with the Small Business Administration, and I did write a business plan, and I was prepared all along. So when the opportunity came, I walked in with my business plan in the Small Business Administration, Within a month, we were able to restructure my loan uh, request, and we found a bank that was backing my, my debt. We restructured my debt, opened up my line of credit. Three months later, I'm break even. 18 months later, I'm licensing these stores into 79 countries in the world, had become the world's leader in celebrity home syndication, attracting the attention of a company that's owned by Bill Gates. And they made me an offer to go to refuse. And that's how I became a millionaire, 18 months after my lowest point. Wow. This is a phenomenal story. And I want we're going to be going to break in a couple of minutes. And when we come back, we're going to continue uh, talking about this. But I, 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 what I am struck most about you is your honesty in sharing the low, 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 low lows, and then 
all about what you want to do with others, to share this knowledge, to empower others, to uh, know that they are not desperate, even in the darkest hour. By, like you say, if you find yourself on your knees, sometimes you might just need to stay there for a minute and just pause and dial in, use intuition, use prayer, use what, whatever tools that you have available to, to one, oneself and one another to um, find the answer, to find some way to turn and to try something new. And what you did is, is, is astounding. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I believe, Lisa, that the that at the end of the day, we just here, think you know about... Right here comes, here comes uh, the break. We'll be right back. All right, perfect. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Kamen has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on T-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about women and connectivity. We're paying homage belatedly to the International Women's Day that just occurred on March 8th. But most importantly, we're celebrating women and our ingenuity, our intuition, our understanding of the way life works at its best is when we help one another, when we serve one another, when we help raise all ships. And my first guest is Beate Chalet. And I wanted to give her contact information. She uh, is a gender decoder. She also has written a couple of books. And to learn more about her, you can go to BeateChalet.com. And let me spell that for you. It's B-E-A-T-E-C-H-E-L-E-T-T-E.com. On Twitter, she is the same. And on Facebook, she is at Women's Code. That's W-O-M-E-N-S. Code, women's code, plural. So, Beate, to continue our conversation, you gave us the short, the short story of um, the cities that you were challenged by, how you overcame them, your beautiful letter to the President of the United States, <laughs> and how it landed you in the FBA. <laughs> yes. 
and, yes. and successfully selling um, selling your company to uh, uh, some uh, oh that was is owned by Bill Gates now. So let's talk about the women's code and knowledge is key. So give us several secrets and tools that we can use um, in our daily lives and to help perhaps teach some men in our lives more about how we work. Absolutely. Well, I actually just heard this on an interview that I did uh, two days ago where a man said to me, if a man reads Happy Woman, Happy World, it's like he gets inside in her playbook. And I thought that was a really, really great way to put it. So this is the playbook. So the Women's Code is a bo- uh, is is a, a movement that I started because I wanted women to have everything. And Lisa, I'm pretty sure you strike me as a woman who is very much like that. If someone says to you, "Well, you have to make a choice. You can't have this. You you must you must pick or choose what you can have because you cannot possibly have it all." And I really resent that idea. I believe that it's all out there for us to have, and that's happiness. That's living a a life that matters to us that's a career that matters or an involvement in some you know in in, in any cause that that is meaningful to us being a mother or not being a mother and being in a relationship where we feel that we are being heard and understood and i found that going through this journey as a single mom that it was so difficult to find information that helped women in general to break it down into this is what you do here this is what you do here this has happened to me I found that there's not a lot out there or wasn't at the time when I was going through where women openly shared their difficulties and what they did to overcome that so the the book happy woman happy world is exactly designed to do that so no matter where you are I call it an umbrella concept rain or shine you're covered so I want women to be able to read the book and no matter on whether you are in a, in a difficult circumstance, whether you want to put your career on a fast track, whether you want to figure out how to find a good work-life balance, that there's something in there that works for everybody. And the book is built on female intuitive principles because I am not a guru. I don't want to be a preacher. I want to just take what we already all collectively know, give it a verbiage, give it a, a, you know, sort of the language that we all can use and bring it all together. So that's the idea of the women's code. And I call it my coming out book, happy woman, happy world. So the first and most important thing in the book is that I talk about a code of conduct, a core code of conduct. And it is about a remembering that we are in charge of the way we act and the what we put out and subsequently, of course, what comes back to us. Well, you know, the only thing that we can control on this planet is ourselves. And this is a this may be a new concept to everybody. And and when and when we talk about this, you know, on this show and, and, and in daily life, people often laugh because we spend our days trying to control external circumstances, and yet the only um, place we really stand a chance at being successful is with ourselves. Absolutely. And I find, you know, and I'm going through this with my 21-year-old daughter right now to try to get that concept through to her that the difficulties she's experiencing in her relationships right now really comes from, 
you know, what we put out. And it's when, when we say that it's not necessarily a negative thing, but it means that we are not consciously understanding and not coming from our heart space, which is why people are not reacting to it. I find that when the outside reflects back to you, then that's a pretty good indication of sort of what you're putting out. So if you don't like what's coming back to you, then it's a great time to start to do some internal and personal work. And in the work I do with women, Lisa, what I found is that when we talk about behavior or code of conduct or forgive me, the bitchiness that women sometimes display, a lot of women are not even aware of how they behave or how they come across. So it is designed, the core code of conduct is designed to just create this awareness and say, look, you know, we've been programmed to, to protect and hover over what we have. But what if instead of worrying about protecting what we have, we'd open up and we'd openly share and help and collaborate with each other? Imagine now all of a sudden everybody can bring something to us. So that's the concept of the core code of conduct. What does she know that I don't know? And it's not what does she have that I don't have? Mm, this is this is beautiful, and it's so on point when we talk about scarcity versus abundance. That when we are in fear, which as women, when we are caring for our children on our own, and it's not just being a single mom, but many of us operate from fear. And when we are able to look at that fear and understand that the fear often comes from this uh, scarcity place that you know that uh, I need to hold on desperately to what little I have or I need to be protective of this or that, because if I share, I run the risk of losing, versus seeing um, the world as an abundant, hospitable place and the people that I or you or we choose to engage with as helping to elevate through connection and our strengths one another. That's abundance. Absolutely. My friend Alice Marie de Prisco calls it, she says it's a friendly universe. And if you're friendly to it, it will be friendly right back at you. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And it often can be very challenging to see this. I don't want to minimize or poo-poo, as my mom would say, when we're going through difficult yes. times that, you know, we, we don't cry, we don't... Uh, have a, a moment's pity party. These are natural reactions to the fear and to, the, to life being perceived as unfair. And life is not always fair, but life is good. And the alternative is not acceptable at this point in our lives, not when we're in the right juicy middle of it. Absolutely. And I, I, I really agree with you that you say that we you know, we have to sort of embrace that it doesn't mean that everything is happy, happy-go-lucky. Of course, diff, you know, adversity is very difficult. And in the 10 years I went through this, believe me, there were so many times where I wanted to throw in the towel and I was absolutely devastated. But what I do believe, and I find that a lot, a lot of women really are coming forward with this message is that if we are shifting our thinking and we go away from this, you know, and I don't want to call it the victim mentality because, you know, we all know the victim mentality, but when we look into adversity and we say, what is the opportunity for growth here? What, what do I need to be aware of that can help me to, to guide me in sort of a better direction? Then everything shifts because, you know, you said even going through hard stuff, you still 
found a way to be happy. And that was because your thought process had been shifted away from, oh, I can't believe this is happening to me to, well, this is happening to me. How do I find the silver lining in all of this? Exactly. And the clinical term for what you describe is post-traumatic growth. And this is a, this is truly PTG is when we go through adversity and we are choosing to transcend and transform that experience into something that is for our higher good or our higher self. Or it is the, the, I call it the beautiful lemonade that we make out of the lemons, you know? <laughs> Very good. And then uh, let me talk maybe about the second part of the Women's Code, which uh, will help your listeners. I The Women's Code, or in the book, I explain the three pillars of the Women's Code and their awareness, support, and collaboration. And this is actually something that everybody can do immediately and implemented immediately. So awareness, support, and collaboration. And it goes like this. The awareness is about a taking stake of where we are, non-judgmental. It just says, where am I? What's going on? What, what, is, what, what are the facts of my life right at this moment? So you just, you just take notice. There's no judgment. There's no why questions. It's just, okay, this is where I am. The second part of this is about getting support and knowing how to ask for support the right way, and how can you support those around you. And when we are being supported and we know how to get support without it depleting you know, others, and when we know how to give support without depleting those that are giving it to us, now the third part of the pillar, the collaboration, becomes so much easier. So again, it's awareness. Where are we support? How can I be supported? How can others support me and how can I support them? And then collaboration, how can we work together and communicate in a better or different way? That is so beautifully and succinctly said. Beate, thank you so much for being with us. To learn more about Beate Chalet, please visit BeateChalet.com. And I'm going to spell that for you once again. It's B-E-A-T-E-C-H-E-L-E-T-E.com. On Twitter, she is the same, at Beate Chalette. And on Facebook, it's a bit different. It is the women's code, and that women's is plural. And uh, her books, once again, are, I'm going to give you those names, Happy Women, Happy World. She's also the founder of the women's code. Is, is the book available on Amazon and all of those good places, Beate? Yes. Yeah, so if you go to happywomanhappyworld.com, there are links that go that show you where the book is available. And I do offer a free balance training. And you may also want to check out our balance test on thewomenscode.com because I have a three-minute balance test that will tell, tell the listeners which area of their lives they are in or out of balance. Oh, this is fantastic. Fantastic tip. And also, um, if you've just joined our, our uh, podcast, our, our, our show, you can uh, listen to this show on iTunes as a podcast is available 24-7 forever. So please share this very uh, valuable show with lots of good information with your communities. Beate, thank you so much for joining us. I want to read something that I believe you wrote um, about a woman's mind. One of the most mysterious and fascinating creatures on the planet is a woman. Everything about her is beautiful, complex, and mysterious. What goes on behind her eyes? What is she thinking? 
What if you could easily unlock these secrets? If you are a woman, understanding why you do the things you do and how your own mind works can be extremely liberating. For men, understanding how she thinks is a huge advantage. And here come those soon. To learn more, visit the Women's Coach. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. likes to win enter our weekly contests at harvesting happiness on facebook where we give away our guests books music film and products each week in addition we also do great harvesting happiness giveaways like free coaching sessions with lisa cypress cayman lisa's books happiness first aid kits h factor where is your heart documentary film happiness is an inside job products including the sterling silver infinity bracelet that benefit harvesting happiness for heroes a nonprofit whose mission is to assist our returning military personnel and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and other post-deployment reintegration issues join us at harvesting happiness on facebook Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, <coughs> excuse me. I urge you to download this podcast on iTunes because we are talking about women in connectivity. We are celebrating belatedly International Women's Day and talking about how, as women, we are often challenged. Um, Sometimes we are in fear. And when we replace that fear mentality with one that is about abundance and connection and serving others and helping others and sharing what we know with a group of like-minded individuals. Together, we raise all ships. And my second guest has been doing this for decades. Frankie Lee Slater is an artist of life. And the word life is in all caps, blaring life, fireworks going off behind those, those letters. For three decades, Frankie Lee has been providing the foundation for the greater connectivity that is so much needed today in this world, where nearly 7 billion people are challenged to move beyond us and them and rise up to our higher humanity. Through two powerful alliances she's founded, one is Circle of Women and the Art of Living Coalition. She has consistently served as a torchbearer for a new social consciousness, 
living intimately with hundreds of people. And we're going to talk about her uh, nomadic tour, her gypsy nomad tour, I think is what she calls it. Good morning, Frankie Lee. Thank you for being here with us. This is very fun, Lisa. Thank you. Oh, I'm delighted that we were able to connect and have you on the show. Let's talk about your um, experience the last three years. You're coming up on a three-year anniversary of a most extraordinary tour of living. Yes, I um, I went on the road in April of 2011. I've lived in over 80 homes with over 100 people throughout California and Oregon. And actually, this is the second round of something like this because I've I've also been on other continents in South Africa and Europe doing something similar. Let's talk about your inspiration. Did life challenge you and then you chose to create something out of those challenges? Or was this a conscious decision that you said, all right, I'm going to store worldly possessions and I'm going to focus on a journey of the heart? What was well, the inspiration? I, 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 I feel like it comes in increments that our life and our incarnation is about that. And then we sort of become aware at different points about our path. And when I was in my mid-20s, I was a very high-end entertainment publicist. And I had amazing clients, amazing opportunities. I worked with world-class producers and actors and films but there was also uh, ways that people treated each other that was very disturbing to me. So I, I made a, a strong conviction at the time that I was going to find the things that worked and go about, you know, that. And soon after, I also came to the awareness that it would be well to have a mentor, which I recommend to everyone. And the mentor came in a very different form. It was the uh, Native American actor, Will Sampson. I met him on the film Poltergeist that I was working on, and he sent me on a journey that I've basically been on for 28 years. I'm not sure he knew that part, and I certainly didn't, um, but it's taken me with indigenous people, leaders in consciousness, and then into people's homes to really find out what's going on with them, because people present their social selves out in the world, even I would assert probably on a, you know, psychiatrist couch. But when you live with people, you get the true, you know, life that's going on there. And it's revealed so much to me that I've threaded into my work with the art of living and circles uniting. And you are a documentary filmmaker. You have created a film called Touching One Another's Lives. Let's talk a little bit about that and how it weaves your experience from the the tours that you've, that you've gone on. Okay. Well, it's actually, that was a particular portrait that I did of the Dalai Lama. And it was specific to how, um, you know, we often exalt certain people as being creative, but uh, we don't see it in ourselves. So by taking the tact of touching one another's lives, I felt that it opened up the relational world where we could see how one person touched someone else's life and then they took up the baton. And so we covered a, a high school peace conference that these young people put on after they had met his holiness and, and such. But the overall storytelling is that of our being artists of our lives and that our life is our art. And this was actually foundational to every great civilization on the planet, and I feel is a noticeable and it's missing in our present time. So I've designed large-scale media and different ways 
to take this understanding of we're creative and we're connected into schools, work, community building, really all of our culture. And there is no line. I have, I mean, I have found in my own experience, the older I have gotten, the less interested I am in partitioning the aspects of my life, compartmentalizing life, that it all is now one, that there's work, there's, there's life, there's, there's family, and it all interweaves into this one conglomeration that needs to be authentic if it's going to work. Yes, exactly. And there's, there's actually um, different methodologies that I've designed so people can kind of weed out where they're doing all these things that they adopted because someone said you should be it all and do it all. And certainly we got that as a message as women and, and all. And so you can, you can feel into where your natural flow is. That's where you can find your gifts. Whereas this other stuff, even if you've got pretty good at it, will take a lot of effort. And it's all off of this idea of separation and, and all these parts and everything. But I liked very much what you said, and it outpictures part of what I coach people with, which is that everything is inside of our lives versus we are inside of things. We're inside of ideas about ourselves. We're inside of our work or it's over here. This is over there. If you start to draw circles of your life, you can see the relationship and you can also then also see it in terms of what brings you into uh, community and contact with other people like you and I meeting in Malibu. It's something that we both cared about at the screening and, and how how this is always present, the relational world. And that these accidents or these synchronicities that appear in our life, for example, I got an email from from you, which was a, uh, a publication to your community. It wasn't an interchange between you and I, talking about your work, talking about International Women's Day, and we had curated this show, and I thought, I'm going to ask her to come and talk about her journey, because I find your journey inspirational, fascinating, personally, and also from a, almost a metaphysical place, because I think that you are, you are guided by that voice that many of us don't listen to. Yes, and I've been able also to live in the natural rhythm that I think allows you to really follow that stream bed of your life. Um, you know, it's funny, I'm, I'm literally in the thick of this traveling around right now, so getting like some of the points so that we could have this conversation to you while packing to move to um, what I've mentioned is over 80 homes. I will say that I'm I'm also very much wanting to land, and if people um, you know want to support that, I'm in Los Angeles, and I'm here specifically to connect with um, backers and collaborators to do with these large scale uh, music and ritual based events, uh, which has been my forte through the years. If you go to artofliving.com, you can find a whole women's section there about International Women's Day, but also the annual international celebrations that we've been putting on for Women's Day that have led to this large-scale project, Circles Uniting. So my travels have been the very personal go live with people and find out where they're at. And most of what I've come up with is that it's perception that needs to actually be broken down and made to, uh, to be understood for people, perception and how we create 
because we're usually several layers out from what's going on in our life. So we're trying to deal with the personalities or we're trying to deal with the behaviors, but it really comes down to affirming connection. And when you affirm connection, you can have an understanding of what the best choices are. You can know to rely on someone rather than effort through. You can recognize when you're you know, starting to language that you're overwhelmed or busy, that it's an indicator to stop and to reach out, to look to who this comes easily to and to up our ability to co-create. So it's all been to um, go deeper than where most teachings are going right now. So it's, it's actually addressable at the level of the dynamics and the principles. It's not really addressable at the levels out, which become seemingly the problems, but they're really the symptoms of this misperception of separation. And in, in um, addressing the, the, the myth of separation, it really mm-hmm. comes back to me, what I observe, a very Gandhian approach to life, you know, to really uh, to do no harm, to, to, to live a nonviolent life, to be of service to one another, to treat oneself with dignity first, and then be able to expand out to others. These are very, very basic principles, and I do like what you share because it does bring it back home and, once again, bring the responsibility to ourselves. Yeah, and the basic tenet of do unto others as you would have them do unto yourself is actually that we're we're part of a larger organism of, of which so is that other person, so is the earth, you know, so that... It, when, when one goes more deeply into understanding this, but really feeling the truth of it, we can know that we never conserve ourselves when we do something that would be hurtful to our, someone else or the earth. And that's really what we're seeing big time right now is we're, we're seeing our impact. And what is it the impact of? It's our unconscious creativity. So, mm. so when we understand that we're connected and we affirm that, and then we recognize that the gift of being human is to be creative, then um, I feel we make very different choices. And so it it becomes very easy to know what the the good and true choice is in the moment, not the righteous carried over to be enforced because some people don't get it and we need to make sure they do world, but instead that everyone can make good choices for themselves and, you know, that have to do with others when we recognize these basic truths of connection and creativity as our human legacy. We are going to go to a break, and when we return, we are going to come back to learn more about Frankie Lee Slater. To discover more about her work, you can go to www.art. We know that life is tough, happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Do you like Lisa's take on happiness, well-being, and human flourishing? Join us this spring as Harvesting Happiness launches online classroom programming where Lisa Cypress-Kamen will offer her workshop series across the globe and from the comfort of wherever you are. Visit HarvestingHappiness.com for more details. 
heart of the grateful good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, I urge you to download this podcast on iTunes. It's free. It's kind. It's legal. It's available 24-7 forever. We're celebrating women and our connectivity today. And I'm here with Frankie Lee Slater, who is the founder of The Art of Living and Circles Uniting Global, or Circles Uniting, rather. And we're talking about her journey um, a, quite an interesting story, and it has, it has two parts of a global nomadic experience where she's traveled around the world and lived with people, helped uh, experience their lives to achieve a better understanding of what it takes to achieve happiness, to achieve wholeness, and most importantly, not just living. Frankie Lee, let's talk further about um, what you have been doing you're, you said that you're in the process of moving. Where is the next landing spot? Uh, well, um, I'm, I'm, I actually seem to be in my 20-something period because I, I'm just moving from one intentional community in Midtown in Los Angeles to another one nearby. It's, uh, let me give you a little cross-section of the kind of places I've stayed and then zero in on this because it's so flavorful and there's so many things that people are up to and choices they're making about co-living. Um, and also just say, while I remember it, that there is a, a Circles Uniting Global on Facebook and Circles Uniting is all inclusive. That's its point is it's really that we're always connected. And, and so I invite anyone who's listening here and the recording to, to go to Circles Uniting Global and, and join. And that's where, you know, you'll be able to, not only, you know, you can participate and give input and you can hear about what we're up to. Um, in terms of where I'm at right now, it's uh, uh, intentional communities have been around forever. You know, you, kibbutzes in, in Israel and and certainly the 60s in the United States had all sorts of different ways that people went about, um, you know, blasting out of the nuclear family and and finding out that perhaps we had thrown out the baby with the bathwater when it came to um, leaving behind extended family. And of course, we were migrating, so we weren't always necessarily near, you know, the people that we were born into as family. Uh, But what are those ingredients that made the difference in terms of the mix of people and the benefits? So where I'm living right now is a wonderful community called the Sugar Shack. It's been around since 
uh, 2000. Many people have lived here at different times. There are ongoing residents of about 10 or 12 people. And, uh, and then they have all sorts of wonderful guest policies. In fact, there was another group, a whole group of 19 people that came through and stayed in the big community room for 10 days that go on a uh, tree planting tour, fruit trees specifically every year called Common Vision. And they were here too. So um, I'm moving on today to another intentional community called Synchronicity that's uh, in the area and is one of, I think, seven homes in a neighborhood called the Boulevard, all uh, devoted to these principles and principles of like no dish left behind in the kitchen so that, you know, even in your regular family, everybody's always getting on each other because of, you know, you never do the dishes and I have to do the dishes and stuff. So it's very um, much about conscious living and bringing it to awareness. And they also have a wonderful Sunday meeting at uh, Sugar Shack and I believe Monday meeting at Synchronicity to uh, share about what's going on with everybody and also address anything that's come up that needs to be just logistically but also interpersonally. What I love about what you just shared, that you said you were going through your 20s period, is that the younger generation is dialing in to this way of being in the world, to this to the state of being awake to life. Yes. It, it, this younger generation who are like, you know, wise off the charts at the same time. I mean, they're yeah. just like phenomenal, you know, what they what they're aware of. And that I think speaks also to the awakening that's going on on the planet that's important for us to recognize. I when people are in isolation it it can you know be, you can easily buy into what's being broadcast out there which is you know broadcasting lack and limitation and and very much about the problem is you and you know and you have to go attend to it by yourself and and the purpose of my going on the road to find these principles but also to weave it into large scale media is that we then have a consistency that really allows people to see that something wonderful beyond measure is taking place right now on the planet. And it's in us, this creativity that when we bring it together, that's going to just take us to places that it is so outshine any of our, you know, little concerns. And particularly, I think we have to be very aware of this in our culture because, you know, even when we're struggling so often, we have so much more than people in other parts of the world. And so we to, to direct our creativity like these young people are. But so the people that opened up their homes to me, you have to know, of course, that 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 they would even like invite me in. Some I've known through years, some I met through people, some I met that day at like a women who write um, gathering, Who this wonderful Armenian woman, Catherine, who had me in her home. And I learned so much about Armenian culture right here in Los Angeles. You know, so there's also all the ways of the people, the different cultures, the different religious practices, the ways they're going about like having guests in their home, but now becoming like a resident, someone who's really living there as one of them, um, rather than, you know, kind of this politely treated around the edges person, like, oh my gosh, here <laughs> she is. And, and she's sort of 
studying us, you know, and, and I think, you know, bravo to all of them, because it's, it's a, you know, it does take discomfort. Um, you know, it, you, you can't, we can't get where we need to be by being comfortable and leaning back in our lives. We have to stretch and then we'll understand how great it is. And I hope that my life by example can be, um, a permission for people. I, I had a wonderful mentor, uh, Dr. John Lilly, who, um, was a neuroscientist. He developed the flotation tank and interspecies communication with, with dolphins. And I actually first learned about community living, living on his property. He invited me to be there, and there were about 15 people on the property. And, but he, um, he said to me that he was a permissionary, and I, and I feel like I've sort of adopted that very fun term, you know, to give people access to something, permission to be bigger in their lives and to really take on, you know, uh, the, the ills of the world, but in a celebratory, uh, you know, really lovely artistic way. What you just said, you said several brilliant things, but I'm going to work backwards. Uh, <laughs> permissionary is, is, that's fantastic. So, that we all need a permissionary in our lives because we have a hunch about something and we don't always take that leap of faith. We don't always trust ourselves. We don't always trust that inner voice that says, go, take this little leap, take this risk. So we all need that in our lives. We need somebody to hold the space for permission to do something new. The other brilliant thing that I, that I love what you said is about discomfort, that, that it, it is being in that place, that playing the edge of discomfort where we can really grow, that that's the good stress. We're not talking about that prolonged, devastating stress that goes on from, from crisis. We can't really function our best when we're in that for an extended period of time. But I will say that it can be a great catalyst. Yes, well, I'm, I'm definitely a catalyst. You can't not go where you're intending when I'm around, so I know what that effect is. But I, you know, your work, is, it's the same thing. It's like each time any one of us steps up, you know, and we become the access for others. And it's, it's really, I feel what our sole purpose in being here is, is to bring our natural gifts, to group up with others and to, to discover how we can really live and be together. And I think one thing I really want to just throw in here is, you know, I very much relate to this notion of the heroine's journey. So we speak about Mm -hmm. women, empowering women. Um, And I'm very dumbfounded at how to completely make the return in a society that doesn't really hold things um, in mythos as we have throughout the ages. And I, I'm wanting also to reinstill that because um, I feel that if we can all be forwarding to one another, um, that that will get us to where we're meant to be. Whereas we kind of live in a model of, uh, sorry, I don't do that, or thank you very much, it doesn't fit, you know, what our company's about or whatever. And then people just like experience being clumped instead of, wow, well, that's not my thing, but, you know, I know someone. Let me forward you to that person. Let me consider who that might be. And I'm actually asking for that for myself right now so that I can bring these large-scale projects so they can exist to be that vessel and that holding ground for people all over the world taking these same steps together. 
Well, we have run out of time, and I want to thank you, Frankie Lee Slater, for being with us. And to give your contact points to learn more about The Art of Living, please go to www.artofliving.com, as well as www.frankieleeslater, and that's S-R-A-N-K-I-E-L-E-E-S-L-A-T-E-R. On Twitter, Frankie Lee can be found at Frankie Lee Slate, and on Facebook, Circles uniting global you have been a delight and we will have you back and continue to um monitor the gypsy road tour from here we would love to learn more about the journey as it progresses and here are a few thoughts before we part happiness is not a destination it cannot be bought sold or traded happiness will never invite you to the party happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and my amazing guests today, Biate Chalette and Frankie Lee Slater, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. And I want to thank the producers at TogiNet and at home at Harvesting Happiness for making us shine each and every week. Go out and make it a great week. And remember, pay it forward with our, with our podcast. We love to share. Do you like Lisa's take on happiness, well-being, and human flourishing? Join us this spring as Harvesting Happiness launches online classroom programming where Lisa Cypress Kamen will offer her workshop series across the globe and from the comfort of wherever you are. Visit Har- Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Join us every Wednesday morning live at 10 to 11 Central Time here on TogiNet Radio. Then harvest your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with free downloadable podcasts.